we just talk? Can we just you know that music? Talk that means it is can we just talk here on WRSU The Crew here on this, I mean, everyone said it on the intro, but this very hot uh, Tuesday afternoon here in New Jersey. Um, it's going to get colder, though, this week. I think it's going to be like 71 tomorrow. So Good. It's, uh, it, it's a very short-lived heat wave, I'll tell you that. Hopefully but pool sales uh, lower. <laughs> That was last. That was last week's. Can we just talk? Yeah, about? I don't want to so get into I think, pools. I think we'll. Uh, I think we'll pass on pools for this. Uh, this edition of Can we just talk? But I was just talking about it in the break, and I feel like this is something that's very timely right now with the NBA Finals starting on Thursday night. These ticket prices, man, are out of this world, and I get it. it's the NBA Finals. It's the biggest, biggest platform for the NBA. It's uh, comparable. Also not comparable, but also comparable to the Super Bowl for the NFL. I mean, it's, it's the top of it's the biggest competition in basketball. But these prices like are pretty crazy. I just I just proposed D.A. the question. If D.A. was a massive Celtics fan, would he go to game three of the NBA finals, which is next Wednesday at nine o'clock in Boston? Um, for some of these ticket prices, which are listed at around 600 700 most 700 $800 for, like, you know, nosebleed seats out there at TD Garden. And DA said no. No chance. No chance. No because chance. You'd have, you'd have to deal with, and he's right, you'd have to deal with the hotel, parking, um, getting up there, driving. Like, it's... Take a look it's at a the parking passes if they have them on there. Because I, I looked the other night when they, as soon as they won against the Heat... When I was watching the post-game sports center on my couch, I went on StubHub just for the hell of it, just to see what they were going to charge you for Game 3, since I'm not flying out all the way to Golden State. Even though, I'm I, listen, even if the tickets were $300, I still wouldn't drive up to Boston just because it's a hassle. But TD Garden event rate allows entry three hours prior to schedule event start time. Daily rates applied it each half hour before event start time. Posted event rate. Okay, so I think this is what we're talking about here. $54. For a parking pass? Yeah. Oh, geez. Then what the heck did I see? And it gets it gets worse in San Francisco. I mean, like I oh, said, I'm over sure. the break. First of all, the, the tickets are a lot more expensive overall when you go out to San Francisco, the Chase Center, which just opened up. Um, overall, they're more expensive. But for Game 7 of the Finals, it gets absolutely ridiculous. Let's say you're just swimming in money. You're Jeff Bezos, and you want to go to NBA, the NBA Finals for Game 7 to sit courtside. <laughs> The best deal you can get is twenty three thousand dollars. That's like hell no. And if you're more like the common folk and you want to go and you want to sit in the nosebleeds, then you're talking about like two thousand dollars. That's insane. These ticket prices, man. It's uh, it's insane. something out there. And then you add the fees, and the fees aren't like, like the fees for the uh the game tomorrow. I'm going to. It's like maybe like a couple hundred bucks in fees for those. It's probably like close to eight hundred dollars in fees. Yeah. I mean, John, you're we just talking about it. You're going to the game tomorrow. You said it is yeah. right. And how much you said? You said uh, how much you say you're going? Uh, three hundred each. Three hundred each. And those are about total. Eastern it was about finals. about eight hundred dollars total. Wow. Those are the worst seats in the house in the Garden. Third round, the postseason. Eastern Conference Finals, like versus the NBA Finals, and you have that much of a difference. I mean, that's just, that's disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. And like we're if you like if you you don't want to sit in the nosebleeds when you go to an event like the NBA Finals, but it almost just like relegates you to it. Like, I have a big thing when I go to sports games. Like, I want to make sure my 
or sports events, I want to make sure my experience is worthwhile. That means I'm going to get a seat that actually is not in the nosebleeds. It's a lot more attainable during the regular season. Sure. But, you know, there's a point. I remember um, I wanted to go to a Knicks game this past year, and I ended up going to one. I went to the Knicks versus Nuggets back in December. Good good, uh, good, good experience for sure. Um, but I was really – I really wanted to go to the Lakers versus Knicks game in the Garden, and – I was just like, I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't do it. Like all the, like the prices for those tickets, you know, I wouldn't have been able to get into the building for what I paid for, for the next Nets for Knicks versus Nuggets tickets compared to the Lakers versus Knicks. That's insanity. So it ended up, it ended up being a blessing, blessing in disguise. Cause if you guys remember, remember when, uh, David, you remember when LeBron and Isaiah Stewart like were fighting each other at the beginning of the year? <laughs> and, like ran, ran LeBron after got him. Suspended yeah, for yeah. A game? That was the game. They got suspended for the Knicks game. Oh wow! Yeah, and that's your guy. Yeah. Too. So if I pay, if I paid if I like caved and I paid like I forgot how much money it was, but it was like couple. It might have been like a lot, a lot. It was a lot of money, and LeBron ended up getting suspended. Oh my that god! Would, Gosh. Yeah, it would it would have been been awful, but um, yeah, that was I had to, I had to make a spiel about these ticket prices because they're absolutely insane, and that was set that wanted that was a segue into. This next topic here, this is the NBA Finals, starts on Thursday night. As I said, Warriors versus Celtics. We've been saving a lot of our, a lot of our takes on the series until now. Da is back with Arnov, and we'll let him settle down for a second. But I guess David, you want to kick off the conversation with this NBA Finals? Sure, I could count the number of NBA games I've seen all year on my hands, but I watched a little of not a bad thing, the Celtics. The games. regular season is pretty bad. So. Yeah, I mean, I sh- I should have I should have watched more of the playoffs, but I-, I haven't seen much legitimately. But I saw a little bit of the Heat Celtics game seven. Um, I know there was some controversy towards the very end. Um, people are saying like with the Jimmy Butler, Jimmy shot, Butler no? shot. Yeah. yeah. So what exactly happened with that? So they were the Heat were down like thirteen with maybe three minutes to go. Da is that right? Something like yeah. that. They were like, down like they the were whole down game, like double digits, three minutes to go, and they went on a ten nothing run in the last like three minutes and it resulted in the heat having the ball down two shot clock turned off with a chance to win the game yeah. down two. Jimmy Butler goes down the court and he pulls for pulls off for a transition three with Al Horford <laughs> retreating giving him the open three Al Horford probably didn't even think that he was gonna shoot that but he Jimmy Butler went into a transition three hit front iron missed it Celtics rebound Celtics could secure the game and there was a lot of debate on what Jimmy Butler should have done in that situation and you can ask my little brother like we were watching the game together at the end and I was like what did I just see like why did Jimmy Butler just shoot that but as the time went by I started thinking about it and I got it rationalized my head a little bit more maybe Jimmy Butler's thinking process you know knowing that the heat might not have enough gas to survive overtime Um, 100% being down men already with Tyler hero who tried to play in game seven, but barely played at all. Basically, you know, Jimmy was basically going for the kill shot and he didn't make it at the end of the day. Now, the one criticism I have for Jimmy is the shot clock was off. Like he didn't have to pull a shot like that. Like it was Jimmy could have pulled it out. Could have uh, called timeout, set up a play. And maybe get got one of your shooters. Like maybe I wouldn't put in Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson probably Struce. That's probably Struce. your guy. Yeah, 
I, I just think there's a better opportunity to call timeout and maybe draw up a set play, albeit against a Celtics half-court defense, which is lethal this year. Um, but, you know, I don't – at the end of the day, I don't hate Jimmy Butler's shot, but there was definitely different ways to go about it. Listen, I get the, the whole um, everybody kind of splitting hairs on this – on the shot selection could have gone to the basket. That's fine. But I agree, Jack – you you obviously saw Al Horford commit to the basket on defense on defense. He I had was no idea he was taking a shot. I he guarantee. And listen, I think the fact that none of us thought that means that that's probably the right choice for Butler because Al Horford expected him to drive to the cup because that's what he's very good at, and he shot a pull up three. But the other thing is, I know everyone says, well, Jimmy Butler, the three ball is not his not his game. That's not his area, right? Well, when he's been when he's the reason why you're even in that game to begin with, you give him the open shot. That's probably the best shot you're going to get. Okay, fine. Played Let's... all 48 minutes. Played all 48 Yeah, minutes. exactly. He played all 48 minutes. He put up 40, what was it, 7, 46 in game nah. 6. Oh, yeah, okay, game 6. Yeah, yeah. Right, he set a heat record, which is, you know, not ba- not bashing LeBron at all, but, <laughs> you know, that, if that's a heat record in the postseason, that means he's doing something well. They had Dwayne Wade. They had LeBron there for years, right? I mean, no, yeah, Jimmy was. It's not like the Heat have never had anyone good. Jimmy was unreal in games. Unreal. He, and the commonality between all those games, you know, Jimmy Butler had 47 as the Heat record in the closeout ga- in a elimination game. Right. Wade had 46, I think, and then LeBron had 45. All three of those games were against the Celtics. <laughs> so <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, but so you. S- He's the reason why you're there, and I he was 0 for 3 from 3 that game before taking that shot, or he was 1 for 3 before taking that shot. And again, I think the part that gets overlooked is the, the aspect of the team being too tired for overtime. That's a great point, because I saw a post, somebody posted the other day, it's like every time we see Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, he's like hands on his knees, and he's gassed because he's the only one out there working his butt off and he did it in this series and so his thought process was well if I hit this we take a lead all we need to do is play defense like we have been and we win the game if I go for a two we just tie it and we take the chance of either losing or going to overtime which requires me to then play five more minutes because he's definitely not sitting in overtime if he's not sitting at some point in the second quarter he's playing all five minutes so now you're asking him to play 53 minutes of basketball nonstop and score pretty much every point for the Heat in the overtime period when the Celtics have here's, way more depth. Here's another thing to consider, too. Jimmy shooting that shot so early on, like, you know, I was making the point that they could have pulled it out and called timeout and set up a play. Um, that would have shaved off a lot of seconds. And with Jimmy Butler shooting that shot with maybe 17 seconds left, he opened the door to play the foul game. If Jim, you know, there's an argument like maybe you lead it down all the way to the end of the game don't give the Celtics a chance to match it but then you're playing on the other side if I miss this we got like what 10 seconds left and foul foul yeah. like maybe they miss a free throw and we're still not dead yet exactly like you know I don't think there's a good or bad way to approach that I think if you go at run the clock out and take a shot at the buzzer and I don't think that's worse than you know shooting it with like 10 seconds left I think either way um you're making you're making a decision that could work out in the end, right? Um, I think there's one other way to look at it, though. And overall, Jimmy Butler shot. I don't hate it. You know, Da makes some good points with what you're saying. Like, 
you know, bouncing off what I said with like, um, you know, going for the kill shot and not wanting to play overtime. But, you know, it was it was a great game. <laughs> it was a great game for sure. I think this series is pretty devoid of a lot of close finishes. There's a lot of blowouts in this series, especially early on. I think game six and seven really made up for it. And, uh, yeah, Celtics move on to the finals. I think they were the better matchup for the Warriors anyway. And, uh, you know, we'll see We'll see what happens in the series. I think, I, think I'll, I think I'll make my prediction right now for the NBA finals. Go right ahead. I think the Warriors win it. We, I alluded to it in, in, in the locks. I think at a certain point, the Celtics might end up being gassed from all the intense playoff games they've played. They went seven with Milwaukee. First of all, let's go to the beginning. They swept Brooklyn, right? But they played against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who were two of the best players in the league. Played against KD mainly. Seven games. And clamped them up. Clamped them up too. Clamped them I up, mean, 100%. these were not scoring affairs where it was 140, 130. I mean, it was I mean, a lot of the games, Brooklyn was in it for one half, then totally shut out the next. And they had no answer uh, offensively against Tatum, especially Durant. Like, he just didn't know what to do with the ball, and yeah. they didn't have anyone else to help out other than Kyrie. But that's exactly. pretty much how it went down. Then you move on to a seven game series against the Bucks and Giannis. That's not easy. You know, Giannis is, Giannis is the best player in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think, I mean, they were fortunate enough to get out of that series. And then seven-game series against the Heat. I mean, the Heat, they had injuries, but they're also the Heat. And the Heat have really built a reputation over these past few years of just being a grinded-out team, a defensive-heavy team, a team that's not going to give you anything easy. And they made it extremely tough on Boston. I think for Boston's sake, they <laughs> – I really wish they won game six because that would have given them a lot of time off to kind of heal their wounds and maybe alleviate what I'm talking about right now with getting gassed out in the finals. I think they would have had some adequate rest, but fortunately they didn't. Jimmy Butler had other plans, and they had to go down to Miami, and now they're operating on maybe a little bit rest. And at the end of the day, don't, don't, don't listen to me because I'm not an NBA player. I'm just seeing it from the outside, but – um, no, but you did play high school ball, and you're very good, so you definitely yeah. have some two cents. Yeah. So, I think the Warriors end up winning. I do think it's a six or seven game series. I do think that. I think I will err on Warriors in six. Now I know that's a finals closeout game on the road, but the Celtics have lost a lot at home this year. Yeah. In the playoffs, so that's not out of the ordinary. Warriors haven't lost at Chase Center, by the way. They haven't lost at home in the playoffs. So that's something to keep in mind as we watch these first two games of the series. I think the Warriors win in six. I think if you ask me for a game-by-game -game breakdown, I think the Warriors take take game one, like I said, in the locks. I think the Celtics, Celtics are a surprising team. I think they take game two, even up in 1-1. Leaving Boston, it's 2-2 again. Warriors take game five, game six. They close it out. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I could see that very, very much happening. By the way, uh, David, just an update. It's four nothing Yankees in the bottom of the first. They uh, Matt Carpenter just hit a two run home run. My dad uh, literally just texted me. Says Syndergaard's getting lit up. Yeah, Syndergaard only only two outs. He's given up four hits, four runs. So what did it's I looking say? Pretty good so far. Well, listen, I I it could they, be they've given they've locks. given Monty some some run support. I'm very surprised. But I, I I agree with you in the the point where the Warriors have had all the time off. The other thing too is they have so much final experience with this team 123 games 123 games Celtics no one on the roster has any experience that's that is the big thing for me when you look at these two teams but 
I feel like this would be the best defensive team that the Warriors have played throughout the playoffs. And, Absolutely. you know, everyone's been raving about the Warriors' offense, how it's just looked so perfect throughout the playoffs. I think they're going to hit a bit of a, 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 a speed bump, you know, like a bit of a obstacle in the road when it comes to playing Boston because Boston plays defense from start to finish. And they are going to play lights-out defense. And if Tatum, it's going to be interesting to see who they decide to um, have Tatum guard because it seems like whoever he guards is just shut down. He shut down Kevin Durant. Drew Holiday struggled It'll a lot in that series. Angelique's. And It'll then who did he guard in this past series, do you think, mainly? <sighs> did they have him guard Jimmy? I don't think they had him guard Jimmy. The Celtics are interesting because they switch everything and they're very versatile, so I think... You know, the main matchup is not really the guy you guard throughout the entire possession. Because the, the thing is, too, Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, is probably going to be on Curry, right? And, you got to think. And, Dia, you're making a great point with the defense because every single series that the Warriors have played so far in these playoffs, they've had a guy that they've been able to pick on. Round one, it was Jokic. Jokic is the MVP. I'm taking nothing away from him, but he was also a guy that the Warriors were able to hunt and pick and rolls. He's not as fast-footed. He's a guy that they were able to attack, and they did a great job at it. Round two, John Morant. John Morant is a superstar in this league, but he's also not a great defender, and they went after him because of it. And then in the conference finals, it was Luka. Only another Luka. guy, Another guy who is a superstar in this league, but is challenged defensively. And especially with those last two guys, Ja and Luka, they have really... They really high responsibilities on offense, so making them work on defense is also very opportunistic for the Warriors. And in Lucas' case, he's not you know, the best defender at this point of his career. Celtics can't do that. I mean, think of all the guys they play. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. Jalen Brown, solid defender. Jason Tatum, solid defender. Al Horford and Robert Williams are both two extremely versatile bigs that could switch onto guys like Curry and Curry, Jordan Poole, and hold their own. They can't. There won't be like guys like Jokic who like, right. will basically be on an island. And Jordan Poole can do whatever he wants on. Yeah. <laughs> he wants. There's no liabilities. Jordan Poole's just doing all these moves and stuff. But uh, and then off the bench, I mean Grant Williams. He's a guy that can guard. Um, there's no liabilities on no this liabilities team in their rotation for for them to pick apart. You're yeah. right. There's no one to focus on, and that's why I think it's going to be a tough series for Golden State because. I feel they're going to rely more on the three ball in that scenario. They're not going to get the game down low as they were able to with a lot of with a lot of guys cutting to the basket and a lot of that game in uh, the previous series in the Western Conference. I think this is going to be their toughest test of the year, and I the think finals are meant for. And I think it's it, it. I think it's great that the Celtics won from a a viewer standpoint because I think the Heat would have just been derailed at that point, and the Warriors probably would have picked apart the Heat. Right, at what we've seen in the Western this is, Conference. This is how a Miami Heat Golden State Warriors NBA Finals would go. It would be the Warriors taking the first two games, and then the Heat would take game three. Warriors would take game four in Miami. Jimmy Butler, in a closeout game at Chase Center, would go absolutely nuclear and uh, ruin a chance at winning the finals on their home floor, and then the Warriors would win in six. That's how it would go. That's how it would go. Yeah. But it would it would be a series where we would kind of know the Warriors would win. I think in this series, it could go either way. I'm saying Warriors in six, but I would not be surprised if the Celtics win. Yeah, I I think the Celtics, from what I've seen defensively, I think if you can you can play that well defensively against the Bucks, the Nets, and the Heat, and do that consistently, even when that you know you might think that they're a little burnt out from all the games they've played, I think that they can keep up with this team in the Warriors. I think this goes to seven. 
and then the winners, the flip of the coin. Would not be surprised. I, I think it goes seven, six or seven, like you said, and I think the Celtics have a very good chance to win this series. Uh, and again, I think the big thing for me is, you know, this is going to be the first time the Warriors face a really, really good defensive solid unit where there's no liabilities to pick apart. And they're really going to have to change the way that they've been playing. The Celtics, on the other hand, I think if they just continue to play the way they've been playing, they'll be successful. They don't really have to change much. I think these two teams match up so well that you're going to get a very entertaining finals. So I I think even though the Warriors are favorites in tonight's game and they probably win, don't be surprised. I mean, the Celtics have proven, Jack, they can win on the road. They've struggled at home, but if a team can prove they can win on the road in big games... Then you know the Warriors. You gotta. You, you, there's an issue. Like if it comes back to Game Seven, it's not not guaranteed that the Warriors win that just because it's on their court. The Celtics have proven they can win. I think they were three and one on the road in that Heat series. Look, only I, one home win. I said he. I said uh, South Warriors. Sorry, I said Warriors in six. But I would not be surprised if the Celtics won and the Celtics won in seven. The only thing I would really be surprised about is if the Celtics sweep the Warriors. Oh well, yeah, happen. that's. Uh, if the Warriors sweep the Celtics, I wouldn't be overly surprised because of the gassing out part that I was talking about right. being too tired. That's not going to happen though. Like I'm not. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I but, think at um, worst it goes five. Like in I terms think, of the least amount of games, it goes five. Here's another thing with the Celtics: they haven't played a team like Golden State, and Golden State's very unique in this way, in their ball movement and how they're able to utilize guys like Curry, Clay and Jordan Poole moving so much without the ball setting screen setting off ball screens you know setting elevator screens if you don't know what that is um it's just play that the Warriors run where they'll go um up the three up the free throw line to the three-point line it's it's hard to it's hard to like explain but it's a Warriors classic it's a it's a Warriors play and basically just running off the ball and all that ball movement the way Draymond's able to get those guys open it's a, it's a challenge that the Celtics haven't really experienced and a lot of teams try to replicate what the Warriors do, but they don't have the personnel to do it. So it's really kind of hard to play a team similar to the Warriors like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's the it's the question that every single team has to ask, has to ask themselves: Can they guard the Warriors straight up with all this ball movement and be be sound enough? Switch seamlessly because when you're playing a team like the Warriors you have to be able to switch everything and be very communicative so you don't leave a guy like Curry wide open you don't leave a guy like Jordan Poole wide open Clay I mean goes on and on but that's what that's going to be the biggest that's going to be the biggest challenge for, for the Celtics and luckily for them I think they're up to the task because of what we said their defense and the personnel that they have and here's the other thing too I feel like in a lot of games down the stretch the Celtics play well, then in the fourth quarter, kind of derails. You saw against the Bucks, they let that game slip away. Um, it's because they kind of go into iso ball. Dude. Right, so if that happens, if they get a lead, let's say even in game one, they get a lead, they go into the fourth quarter, they play that iso ball where they're playing not to lose, and they just kind of let the clock go down and then not have the greatest possession in the world. With a team like the Warriors, who can just give you a 10-0 run in, the, in a blink of the eye you you cannot do that if you're Boston another thing turnovers yeah both sides Be, for Boston if you turn the ball over against the Golden State Warriors you're going to lose by 30 that's just it, gonna happen yeah. if you turn the ball over 15 to 20 times against the Golden State Warriors you are not going to win because then they'll run out you'll get Curry hitting three-pointers shimmy and Clay Thompson going crazy Jordan Poole Draymond Green hitting guys for three-pointers it's just gonna get ugly on the other side of it, if there's one thing that the Warriors 
has been an Achilles heel for the Warriors throughout their entire run dating back to 2015 is that they turn the ball over. They kind of get careless with the basketball. And if they do that against the Celtics, then it's also the same thing. They're going to have a very tough time winning. It's about taking care of the basketball with both these teams. They're both prone to turning the ball over. And I think whichever team takes care of the ball better will set themselves up for a win. And that's the other thing. The the Celtics, in like the last two or three minutes of Game 7, it was Marcus Smart who was the one taking the shots. And... It allowed the Heat to get back in the game. If you're Boston, you can you have to give it to to Jason Tatum or or Jalen Brown, somebody else, please. Marcus Smart is there to defend. I know he has offensive upside, but he cannot be the guy in a game seven with a with the finals appearance on the line, taking all the shots for you down the stretch and expecting to win, or even just expecting him to make all of them because they were some tough layups that he was driving into. I think they were. You know what I. I, I'm not a, I'm not into the mind of the Celtics players, but I kind of thought I kind of got the impression from the Celtics at the end of that game seven that they were just trying to survive, and they were like, I think they were really, like I said, I can't think I can't say this for certain, but I think they were kind of nervous because think about this core da, especially for guys like Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and Al Horford too, they've been to the conference finals three times and lost all three. They haven't gotten to that finals right. Al Horford's a, Al Horford had the record for most playoff games played without a finals appearance. Marcus Smart, his first Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown first conference finals appearance, 2017, got absolutely I mean, words can't even describe what LeBron and the Cavs did to them in 2017. Right. 2018, you know, it was the LeBron show, he beat him again, and then 2020 they lost the Heat. That's three times they made it to the conference finals. And then finally this fourth time, they're in a game 7, they're on the road. They're so close to their ultimate objective of getting to the finals. I mean, you saw it. I don't know. Did you watch the game? Yeah. So you saw how they celebrated once they finally won it. It looked like they really just like relieved, beat a mental hurdle of getting over the conference finals, something that they really haven't been able to do over the past, you know, six, five or six years. So I think that was really uh, a factor in what we saw down the stretch, kind of the Marcus Smart ISO ball, maybe kind of them getting yeah, that with their nerves getting riled up. And I think it's human. Like that when you fail so much at that stage and you're so close at that point, I think nerves do take over. And um you know I'm maybe sure. maybe we'll see more of a relief that the Celtics are in the finals as opposed to, you know, kind of getting knocked down the conference finals again. Maybe it's sort of a uh you know relief factor for them. But overall I'm if you can't tell, Da, I'm very excited for. This I can series. tell. You, I, I'm very excited for. this You said series. it's your favorite, uh, your favorite time of the yeah. year. And like, you know, obviously, I'm excited when LeBron's in the finals. But you know, last year, I mean, I was excited for the finals, but not compared to this year. I was. I think this is going to be a great series. It should be fun. Like I said, both teams match up well, so it, it should be a lot of fun. A lot of star power on the floor at once. But John, I know you and I have been itching to talk about this. Let's talk about Rangers Lightning. This is going to be a tough... Well, first, let's preview the previous series, right? They go to seven games with the Carolina Hurricanes, in which a series you and I both thought it was going to go five or six in Carolina's favor. We mm-hmm. thought the Rangers just were outmatched. The, the, the Hurricanes showed us during the regular season that they were the better team. Rangers just did not... Couldn't find a way to beat them a whole lot. When it came to the playoffs, it was a different story. And they go to seven games, and they win a big game on the road in a territory where... The Carolina Hurricanes were 7-0 and on their home ice, 4-0 and against the Boston Bruins in the first round, which also went to 7. 
yeah. and then this one three and zero going into that big game seven. And I know you said you're going to the game tomorrow, but just give me some of your thoughts about the series as a whole as we head to this big Eastern Conference Finals. The first time they've been in it in since 2015. I um, I was a just a wide-eyed kid back in 2015. I <laughs> I do not remember that cup run very much with Hank against the Kings. That was 2014. Oh, that was 20. Okay. Um, did they make it to the Conference Finals? 20 2015. They made it to the Conference Final and lost to Tampa in seven. Oh, that's right. Oh, of course they. So oh, man. Yeah, I know they beat. I know they beat uh, Montreal. That was 14. that was the that was the cup run, I think. Um, let me th- hold on. I don't really know. Okay, so obviously the Rangers are kind of like become like the comeback kids. They can't. They were down three to one against Pittsburgh. They were down in the games all three games they won. Right to the clincher series. They were down three games or two in this series against Carolina. And then, but they were also down two zero. They were yeah, you're, I, yeah, true. Down 2-0. They, they, t- they took two in the garden. They evened it up, and then they lost. Game five was probably the worst they've played all se- all postseason. That game five in the uh, was it not in the garden? Was that in the uh garden? no? That was that was back at Carolina. I could I would argue that that seven goal game for Pittsburgh was probably their worst one, where they were never yeah. in it. Okay, but it was very similar. It though, was the like worst. Were, yeah. It was their worst game of the series. A lot of puck watching. Now they weren't yeah. aggressive. It like I don't know. It seemed like they were un- unaware of what to do. They just they didn't know what to do. It, it, they were just kind of just standing there, and Carolina with th- with their speed just took advantage. But so I think in the games that they've won, they've scored first, and they've they've moved they've moved fast. They've passed the puck great. The Rangers, yeah, okay. So I think it's important to score first. Obviously, you always want to score first, but I think it's a, it's imperative to set the tone early in this series against the dynasty in Tampa Bay. And that's just, what they did in uh, Game Seven. Adam Fox, exactly. So I think the biggest thing is just to score early, score, tack on a tack on a goal in the first period, get get Vaz thinking like, oh my god, what, like get get in his head a little bit. What do you think? Well, I think I think you're right. I think you have to score on Vasilevsky, make him kind of just second guess his game. Mm-hmm. For the listeners out there that don't know, they swept the Florida Panthers in four games, and Florida was the number one seed. I just saw that actually. I was taking a look at the playoffs and I saw that Tampa Bay took quick work of them quick work and Florida team too. Florida, Florida was Florida was the best team in the is, east is this a LeBronto scenario uh, where uh, the Tampa LeBron, Bay Lightning take it, it like, could be like the LeBron Toronto type stuff where Toronto yeah, gets the one LeBronto. seed and they just get oh that's what you said yeah LeBronto <laughs> uh, well then yes then I agree with you that's, <laughs> that's what that was the thing too is the Lightning are going for the three-peat this year they've won the past two Stanley Cups and they mm-hmm. just they made easy work of the Florida Panthers, one of the best offenses in in the NHL, and they gave up three goals in four games. So Vasilevsky's at the top of his game right now. He's feeling himself, and the Rangers need to get under his skin a little bit. They yeah. need to score that opening goal, uh, kind of like what, how they did against Ranta in the opening minutes Rangers of that legend. game last night. Yeah, exactly, the former backup. But Adam Fox set the tone on that power play right at the very end. Scores the goal, gets gets the Rangers out to a one nothing lead to start early, and then it, everything else followed. But I think getting that momentum to start, and I think being on home ice will definitely help. We've seen them play phenomenal on home ice throughout the postseason, where they just they get that momentum early. I think it's crucial. You cannot allow Vasilevsky, let's say, to give up like one goal in game one, and then maybe one or two in game two. You have to put up like a three spot on him in game one. Set the tone early. Yeah, I think that's what they need to do. And ultimately, I think that they will. They are three and zero against Tampa this year. And I know 
And when it comes to postseason time, a lot of people throw those numbers out the window because it's just a totally different scenario than you yeah, know months ago. To. But the Rangers were three and zero against Tampa this season. Mm-hmm. They seem to be one of the teams that just knows how to play against them. That could be an advantage for them going into this series. But I think it all starts. You got to derail Vasilevsky, and if Igor can continue what he's doing, and just not allow Tampa to score anything. And you keep yourself in a low-scoring game. The uh, the rain. I keep trying to say Rutgers. The Rangers could find a way to win in a low-scoring game where it comes down to the crunch time. If if Igor gives up two first-period goals, it, it, you could probably kiss that goodbye, because this is a series where you, if you go down two nothing in the first period against the Tampa Bay Lightning with Vasilevsky in net, you're probably not going to win that game. It needs to be. It needs to be. It's going to be low scoring, but that's what it needs to be. And the Rangers' defense needs to do its part. This is the first series they have. Yes. Because even though they've beat the, they, it was a great series against Pittsburgh. It was a little stressful because my roommate is a big Penguins fan, <laughs> and uh, those those uh, games four and five or games three and four, the, the fourteen goals, the two that, games in Pittsburgh, yeah. the bad games, horrible. Uh, those are the last. Those are the last game. The low, last. Those are the last days I was home with him. Right. It was it was brutal, but. Uh, the Rangers defense is still a problem because they although the uh, Rangers did the Rangers did win against uh, the Hurricanes they obviously had scored them the Hurricanes I want to get a total number of the shots because it seems that the Hurricanes outshot them every game yeah and it seems just, just like just watching the game they're the the Hurricanes offense is just putting pressure on Igor all game and that you can't you have to relieve some of the pressure off Igor you can't have this guy make Blocking, you can't. Yeah, just have, the Rangers defense has to step up. They had, they they had thirty nine. They had thirty nine shots uh, against Igor. I think it was sixteen or eighteen in the first period. Well, Igor put up an, a zero in that in that period. But you're absolutely right. I, every time I watch the team, I feel like they score goals and then, but then the other team is just in their zone the whole time. Yeah, just throwing pucks at the net. And even though the the Rangers might be winning after that period, it's like. Carolina 18 shots, the Rangers 7, and yet they have two goals. But the shot differential, that is something that needs to be fixed. And you know what? I think last night, too, even though they had 39 shots against Igor, I saw a lot more block shots in front. There were a mm-hmm. lot of guys diving at pucks. Yeah. So even though 39 shots is not something that you're too happy with, I was a fan of the of the overall effort in blocking shots. There were a ton of plays that were just broken up because a defender put his body on the line, disrupted it, and they couldn't get a clean shot or couldn't get a clean pass across. Just the little things I feel like they did right. But with Carolina, I think that they just are such a speedy and offensive team that they're going to put up 40 shots. And that's something that going into the game, even even if you feel that your defense isn't playing well enough, it's going to happen. I feel like either way, it's one of the, it's just one of those teams where you feel like they're going to put up forty shots a game just because that's what they do. It's how they're built. It's how they're built, and that's why Igor in this series was such a big piece because you knew they were going to put shots on net, and it just came down to how Igor would respond, especially after a shaky first round against Pittsburgh, where. He looked like Swiss cheese for a couple of those games. Had to come out in one of them as well. And he responded very, very well, giving up, like I mentioned, two goals in the first game, one goal in the second, one in the third, um, one in the fourth, and then he gave up three in game five, which was the worst game. But he gave up either two or three. I forget if there was an empty netter at the end of that game or not. There was definitely an empty netter in one of the games. I think game two had there was an empty netter, right? 
when they won two zip? Yes, the one that they won two nothing was an empty netter. Mm-hmm. The three to one game, all three were against Igor. But even in that game, I mean, he had thirty. He faced thirty four shots, thirty one saves. That's still very good. But I think that's what we're going to see in this upcoming series because Vasilevsky is one of those guys where even if the Rangers find a way to put a lot more pucks on net, he's going to come up with a lot of saves. Like we saw Igor. This is going to be a low-scoring series, 100%. But we need to see guys like Artemi Panarin step up. He is one of the players that ever since that Game 7 overtime game-winning goal against Pittsburgh, he kind of just nothing happened with him. He had one goal in the blowout Game 6 at the Garden against Carolina, but the game was ready like 5-2 to at that point. The game was over. But he needs more production in this upcoming series, we need that star, those star players to really show out. And Kreider was kind of one of those guys that you could talk about too. But last night, he shows up. That awesome tip-in shot, and then the backhand shot that was absolutely filthy to put him up 4 nothing. He showed up. Him and Artemi were like the two players that were kind of struggling, did not really do well, at least in terms of points or goals or assists. Like, they didn't really do anything to help the team score. It was the kid line. It was the kid line, and it was Mika, who was just kind of just just hitting him every Mik- time he got the Hey, ball. it was Mika May. Mika May. So y- you saw you saw Kreider in Game 7 step up, which was great. Now in game in the, in the conference finals, you need to see Artemi Panarin also right. take that step up because you've seen Mika, you've seen Chris Kreider. I mean, Chris Kreider in that first round was awesome. Then you saw Mika scoring like three or four straight goals in this Car- Carolina series. So he stepped up. That one goal he had, I think it was, uh, I don't know what game it was. I think it was game five or six. Uh, it was a sla- I think it was he, he was in the uh, left the left circle, and then he just slap-shotted it. It just went like into a T-pose, and he was like, I'm your guy. It was yeah. just so I mean, he's so just, cool he's awesome. He's got such a nice shot that from that yeah. left side, and it looks like the goalie has it all covered up, and it just finds a it way in. Right through him. goes right through him. So Artemi Panarin is one of those guys that the Rangers need to step up. Um and it looks like, you know, last night I thought Lindgren might have been out for the game. He comes right back in. They are a much better team when he's on the ice. I think that's the reason why there were so many goals scored in that Pittsburgh series, because he wasn't out there. Yeah. And that's what that's what the head coach Glant said, right? He talked about Igor specifically saying, like, listen, well, I know he's given up a lot of goals, but we're keeping him in there because I don't like the play that we have in front of the net in terms of the defensemen boxing out some of the wingers up there, right, that are kind of blocking mm-hmm. Igor's view. Well, Lingren wasn't playing in games two, three, or four in that series, which Knows they scored the, a bunch of goals in yeah. three and four. Now you have Lingren back in there for this series, and it seems like Igor is just a totally different goaltender out there, and Lingren's doing his job down low. So there's just the little things the Rangers are able to do, and it really got them over the edge against Carolina, which was a team that a lot of people thought would just advance with ease, I, I think, and just go on to the Eastern Conference Finals. But... Game tomorrow at 8 p.m., you're going to be there at the Garden. Now, you mentioned you have two superpowers, right? I do. I do. Well, I don't know about myself how many I may have, but I know I have one as of last night, and I know it's now a superpower because I wanted to see if I could test my luck on a road game. Mm-hmm. So, a little backstory. I went to Game 3 of the Carolina Rangers series. I went to Game yeah, 3. Yeah, I saw that. was cool. And I bought this. I'm wearing it right now. I bought this T-shirt jersey of Igor Shosturkin because I didn't have a I didn't have a jersey, and they were selling them for like three hundred dollars at the stadium. So I was like, okay, I'll buy a thirty dollar T-shirt jersey. I'll give you a website that you can use the. Okay, buy. I'll, I'll use that. It's really cheap. All right, I appreciate GHK? it. Gate. Yes. 
<laughs> Classic. I love how you all do it. You'll get it. You'll get your ship shipment in like four months, but it does take hey, a while. Bro, hey, it does the job. I it got, does the job. Hey, it does the I job. It's really a, inconsistent. No, I'm with you. I'm with I you. Inconsistent? Yeah, because like I've gotten some that are absolutely like it looks like I pulled it off the shelf. You the gotta guard. check the reviews. I, I have. I've been some are not. There's not none, none are bad, but it's some you can tell they're just yeah. kind of fugazi. I have, okay. a, I have a John Morant, um, Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. Looks just like the real thing. Okay. I mean, if you like feel it, it's not the real thing. Yeah. But, like. Uh, and I also I also have a um, 2008-2009 LeBron James throwback jersey that I got for like 20 bucks on there. And okay. Like, unless you're like a jersey expert on the two thousand the late 2000s Cleveland Cavaliers, you won't know it's fake. I wouldn't know it's like, fake. There's a different like striping. Like it's supposed to go like red, blue, and gold, but like it goes like gold, blue, and red, like something like that. Right. But like if unless you know don't know that like. It, it looks very one. nice to the yeah, naked it, eye. It looks. It, it gets the job done. So. My Igor jersey, Gate. my white one, is from DHGate. Next time I br- I wear it, I'll you. Yeah. Okay, I'll take a look. I my think I've seen you wearing e- it before. Yeah, and it, it it looks good. You look good. Thank you, David. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. So anyway, so clip that. I get, yeah, we gave it enough time of silence where you could clip that with ease. So, I bought the T-shirt before the game. I had right. it on for Game Three. They win. I then wear it for their next game, game uh, four. They win. I'm not in these games. I'm not at, but I'm just wearing. Sure, sure. I'm wearing it on my couch. They win, right? I've been wearing my jersey all games, every game, and right. they've done well. You right. got to well, have so, to. Well, so here's the thing. So sure. I wear them, uh, like I said, for three and four. I didn't wear it for game five. Didn't wear it for game five. That's key. That's that's key. I did not wear it for game five for, against Carolina. Against Carolina, they lost. I then wear it for game six and seven, and they both win. You have to. This shirt, that shirt is now four and zero, including a road win against the Carolina Hurricanes, which they were seven and zero. Right. And it was like I was like worried about putting it on because it's like, well, if if I put it on and they lose, I might lose its magic. No, they won six to two. So now this shirt I've been wearing, I've worn like four times in the last week. Every time they've played, except for game five. That shirt is Four essentially no. a sixth Infinity Stone. Why are you wearing it That's when there's no game today, though? It might be wearing oh, it. So, out I could, so I could present that to you. Oh, my god. I thought about that. I feel like that might wear You might wear leave the some of the magic in this bit. booth. Well, yeah, no, I'm going to wear it tomorrow, too. Okay. You kidding me? Okay. I'm wearing it. It's confirmed now. You They're could do double back-to-back wears? I mean, I've only really come yeah. here today. I, I, and I'm okay. going to put it on for the game. Shoot. Do you have a second shirt in your car? No. You might have to change. You might have to drive shirtless on the way home. This is it. I drove shirtless here. <laughs> it's really hot. I was also at a pool. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Coming full circle. At my grandparents. Life is a simulation. We've got so. three three minutes left. John, uh, there is time for like a pool. A mini so pool, today was actually a pretty good day at work, though. I, uh, I left at three because I always so leave. So you, what do you exactly hot, do with hot, the pool? Was it hot in the factory stand? I remember you it said It was that. really comfortable. Okay. I okay, don't know okay. why. Uh, well, so far it's been really comfortable because I've walked out. Because uh, so last... I work in a pool factory. Okay, okay. I build pools. Okay. And uh, any pool-related products. You're not a pool boy. No. No. Uh, That's different. <laughs> it is different. Uh, I don't want to give a plug because I work in a pool factory. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, last year, if it was like 90 degrees outside, it would be minimum. This is like the basement, bottom number, 115 degrees inside, which is disgusting. That is and disgusting. I was offended. But so far, you're able to wear shorts in there. I never wear. People do wear shorts, but I always wear heavy pants because I don't want to like. I want to protect my legs against like the machines and everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I take. Heavy I take. I take like a sweat box and heavy pants over like a chopped off leg. Just yeah. Hundred like. percent. And I also like. I wear like. Uh, I know. 
my physique is not for like a tank top guy, but like, I do wear uh, life beaters at, uh, at work just because yeah. it's so because I'm so hot below the belt. Yeah. So I know you said it looked good. Anyway, so uh, today was pretty good. Uh, it flew by really, really fast. Shift. No complaining today. No pool rants. It, uh, I, did, I did take one hour to build one pool. Is that like normal time? No, it takes maybe fifteen minutes. Oh, it was, so that it was, was a two pallet pool. This this Ooh. this customer had uh, forty like boxes. They wanted like the filters, the liners, like everything we sold, every product we had. This person bought. It's great business. It, I yeah, they should build their own, you know, pool. Yeah. I hate pools. A lot of parts. It sounds like, like you that. hate pools. So I was like. At, I was at the pool yesterday, in-ground pool. Like, okay. You know, in-ground pool, pools are like, pretty good because yeah. I don't think we sell those. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> my my grandfather. I don't have to do anything. My grandpa's got exactly. an in-ground pool. Those are good. want to stop by. Also, those are like uh, like S-tier pools. They're just better quality. You they're they're like much nicer to look at, too. 100%. You put the cover, boom. You got like a, you forget where it is. Jack, you were in a pool yesterday. Yeah, it's Memorial Day. Oh, of course you have to. Yeah, it was <laughs> Same. It was also like 89 <laughs> degrees outside. It was so disgusting. It's. I want to move to Boston. Very, uh, I know. Wearing the hat. 100%. I know uh, Alex Go Carm. to the finals, $700. I'm not going to do that. You're going to roommates with Alex, you're saying? No, last week he was. He like went off of me. He was like, bro, how could you go on a trip to Boston when it's cold out? You, that was when a you really cold? good impression. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was a really good impression. He, he lost that's very his good. Mind. He was, yeah. Gosh. That, that's a good point. Carm was... Carm was not having our chem. We just talked segment was about um, summer or something like that. Yeah. And I said, like, I forgot what I said, but John, John was like, yeah, like, you know, honestly, I prefer like to go to like the fall, like go on a vacation, like the yeah. fall or winter. Carm's like, what are you talking about? What are you, a joke? <laughs> Another joke? decent Carm impression from Mr. Brissett. He's very good. These are both decent, but yeah, yeah, he was, Carm was like, yeah. Alex, if you're listening to this, like we love you. You, de- you were definitely you were definitely on one for that fall uh, winter conversation. Before I graduate, I have to have chicken palm with Alex Carm. Alex, you were also on one when <laughs> you apparently learned that cribs was a term. Eddie showed me this clip where he was being taught that crib was a slang term, and he apparently thought that um, <laughs> they made it up. The people who was on the crew that day, and I'm like, wow. That 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 one that's another good clip. That's another good uh, clip. We got to keep introducing him to rap songs, though. That's, we do. Uh, I mean, it's it's welcoming welcoming into like the hip hop culture. So hundred percent. Yeah, he can't stand. Uh, yeah, so um, they go hard. But we could do a two hour show talking about uh, jo- joined by Alice Carminati talking about oh. this type of stuff. But <laughs> unfortunately, that is not what the crew is here to do. 